Okay, I need to tell you this because this was a just now it looks horrendous, a, a horrible trade. So I made this after week three when Jonathan Taylor wasn't doing that great, you know? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Okay, so I traded. So keep in mind, the you know, this was at, after week three. So after week three, okay, I traded Jonathan Taylor, James Robinson, <clears throat> Adam Thielen, and Antonio Brown for DK Metcalf, Chris Carson, and Tyler Boyd. Yikes. Welcome back to episode 12 of the FLFFL podcast. It's your host, Matthew Honeycutt. And today I'm just joined by one of our co-hosts, Mr. John Lassie. What's going on, John? Man, I'm feeling pretty good. Squeaked out a win this week. Looking better for a playoff picture. It was a good week of fantasy football. We had a 50-burger posted. We'll talk about later. A 40-burger posted. I mean, man, it was a wild week. Yeah, some cool stuff happening out there. Just crazy scores. But I also feel you, I barely squeaked away a win. Just barely. We'll talk about it later. But um, Will, uh, you have anything to say? Oh, yeah, he's not here. He's on bye this week. So, lame. Yeah, lame. Something about Some just Thanksgiving. Yeah, holidays. I don't know. But <clears throat> we'll try our best to fill in the gaps for our power rankings for our league. Um but first, we're going to get into some just fantasy info um, and pod stats. So, John, you want to hit us with some pod stats? Yeah, so we have 191 plays all time. Hopefully, after this episode, we'll break 200, which would be kind of cool. Uh, 15 estimated audience and 14 unique listeners. As always, uh, to our fans and listeners out there, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Our handle is the same on both of those social media sites, FLFFFL underscore pod. Um, Or you can email us uh, a question if you have a mailbag question. We don't have any again this week, lame, but we are always interested in answering any kind of mailbag question that you have. Our email is flffl.pod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Shoot us a message. Shoot us an email. Ask us a question. We will answer it. Yes, we would love to answer some questions from the fans out there. So about any topics, John says it all the time. Well, we would literally discuss anything. So just send us a question. Um, but I'm I'm calling it. I think we're going to have a question next week. I think it's going to happen. Okay. We Big will time. see. But uh, let's go ahead and hop straight into our one quick takeaway from week 11 of fantasy football. So, John, you want to kick us off? Oh, yeah, I was going to let Will kick us off. Oh, oh bum, bum, bum. Here. yeah, so <clears throat> let me get my notes here. Um, all right, I so this is two things that I saw on Twitter that I thought was really interesting. And Honeycutt, you, you can see my notes here, so don't you know, you're gonna have to you're gonna be able to cheat. But what running back has more top, top 12 fantasy weeks, meaning he and he has four of them, than James Conner, Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, and Daryl Henderson? And the answer is our guy for the Miami Dolphins, Miles Gaskin. Nice. More top 12 fantasy weeks than those guys. 
but he also has way more duds than any of those running backs. Well, and that's what and I would so, say. That's what separates him yeah. is those duds. Yeah. If if he was just a tad bit more consistent, he would be decent. Right. Or even if his duds were, you know, 10-point duds or 12-point duds instead of, you know, the two and three and a half or whatever he scores sometimes, you know. Yes. Um, and it, and was really, it, shows that it was really just the start of his season was just really yeah. bad. Yeah. And that's why you ended up dropping him. Right. Literally dropped him. I didn't even like try to trade him for nothing. I just dropped him to waivers. Yeah. You know, it was bad. Um, anyway, so I think it also just shows he is a talented running back. I just wish they would give him more opportunity there. And I think when they do it, it really pans out well for him. So, um, well, I, I would then, say also, I'm, I'm just a Miles Gaskin guy because he's on my team. I know more about him. Yeah. Um, he has a ton of carries in the end zone or in the red zone, and he mm-hmm. cannot he cannot break through. Like he can't get it in the end zone. They've done like direct stat snaps with him this past week. Yeah. I was like following it. I didn't get to watch the game, but I was following it through the uh, like the live updates, and it kept saying direct snap to Miles Gaskin, direct direct <laughs> snap. And I was like, what the heck? Just get in the end zone. Yeah. So I mean, he's got the touches there. I mean, and he's the dominant back. So. I really need him. It's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like Ceh. You know, I feel like he gets, he just can't punch it in when he's in close like that. So, which I mean, he's another guy. I mean, he he looks better. Um, yeah, he, he does. He looks decent coming off that injury. So interesting to see with that yeah. backfield. Um, and we covered that and last then, week. Darrell Williams just didn't. He wasn't really there. Yeah, I know. So I know it's crazy. Um, and then the other thing, this is definitely fantasy relevant because it's talking about offensive touchdowns. Who do you think, which team since the start of the 2020 season, so start of last season, has the most offensive touchdowns? The, the top three, who do you think the top three are in offensive touchdowns? Hmm. I'm going to say the Vikings. Vikings are eight. Oh, um, offensive touchdowns. The Cowboys. Cowboys are 16th. Wow. Yeah, very surprising. Because we talk about their offense being just stellar, you know. <laughs> the Chiefs? Chiefs are 6th. Wow. I'm, I'm just guessing one more because I haven't got one yet. Um, I think the t- one of these is for sure a surprise to me. The other two make – I mean, I guess two of them are kind of a surprise. but The Buffalo Bills. Bills are 4th, so you're close. Oh, gosh. So it goes in order – I'll, I'll go for number three. This is the biggest surprise to me. The Tennessee Titans are number three. I guess – okay, sorry. Let me back up. They're tied with the Bills. They have 89. Okay. So the Titans, Bills, and Saints are tied at 89. Saints? Um, yeah, I know. Weird. Um, and then the Packers are number two, which, again, makes sense, but also is kind of surprising. I don't think of their offense as, you know, one of the best – as far as scoring, but also you're like, well, they have Aaron Rodgers and DK Metcalf. So, um, the, and then uh, Devontae Adams, you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Devontae Adams. That was a bad, <laughs> bad misspeak there. And then the Bucks are number one, the Buccaneers. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. It's just a stark difference. Yeah. <laughs> so, who do you think are the bottom three? Three. Um, the Browns. Uh, Browns are twenty eighth, so close. Okay, 
I just know they don't put up a ton of points, but they yeah. win games. Uh, the Jets. Jets are the second worst. Okay, I got one. That's all. I'm gonna stop there. It's a win. Okay. Um, so we have the Jaguars are the third worst. Oh, yeah, should have said those. Um, the Jets are the second worst, and the Giants are the worst. Well, it makes sense because they just fired yeah. their offensive coordinator. And, right, and t- check out this gap. The Giants have only scored 42 offensive touchdowns. Okay, so teams that have scored twice that many are the Cardinals, Chiefs, Saints, Bills, Titans, Packers, and Bucks have all scored twice as many than the Giants. And the so okay, Giants have 42, Jets have 46, and then Jaguars have 52. So G- Giants are 10 behind the Jaguars, who are a, not a great offensive team. They're 10 touchdowns behind them, just, just nuts. Well, yeah, and you got to think, like, Saquon's been out for so much time. That really hurts the Giants. But then I also say, what if – what is this doing to Saquon? Like, what would he be if he was somewhere else? Yeah, it's true. And, I mean, you got to wonder, too, like – I, I, if, if maybe his usage has led to some of his injury, you know, uh, like if they've just been too dependent on him, mm-hmm. you know, if he's on a, a team like the Packers or like the Bucks or the Vikings who have, I guess the Vikings have Dalvin Cook, but you, you get my idea. Like, you know, if they're, he's in place of any of the other guys, the Seahawks, you know, where they have other weapons, they're not only dependent on their running back, you know. So anyway, yeah, I thought that was interesting and definitely, obviously, fantasy relevant. It's like you may want to avoid drafting any guys from the Jaguars, Jets, and Giants. You know, for the most part, I mean, there's going to be exceptions to that rule, but because um, they just don't score a lot. Yep. Yep. Those are some good takeaways. Um, for me, I think Will last week talked about how. Oh, the Chargers, man, they just have they fell off and they, they had, but man, did they come back with a resurgence. So sure well, I, I think they were just trying to stick it to you for talking bad about them. Um, but the Chargers are back. Eckler had 41.5, 50 yards on the ground, two TDs on the ground, and then he had six receptions, 65 yards for two TDs. So four TDs on a day. And mm-hmm. he still was not the top performer. Which is yep. crazy. We'll talk about that guy later, which y'all all probably know out there in the fantasy world, but we're going to cover it for sure. But that was Eckler. Herbert, 35 points, 382 yards, three TDs, threw one interception, so it could have had a little bit more. Um, and then Keenan Allen and Mike Williams came back. Keenan Allen had 13 targets, nine receptions, 112 yards, didn't even get a TD, and still performed well. And then Mike Williams came back, 20.7 five uh, catches, 97 yards, one TD. So, man, they came out with a resurgence, and they looked good against our boys. Um, It did seem like, you know, I don't know if you watched that game much, but it seemed like Mike Williams, it was kind of a a classic Mike Williams game, you know, where he, I mean, he had five targets, you know, five receptions, but he had one long, or long-ish, I can't remember exactly how long it was, touchdown catch, and mm-hmm. that was his touchdown, you know. And that I feel like that's been him, at least in seasons past, of like boomer bust guy, he's going to break it out for a long play every once in a while, and that's when he's going to score a lot, you know. Um, he hasn't been that way all this season necessarily. They've used him differently, especially at the beginning of the year. But anyway, it's, he seemed to be kind of getting back into maybe some old Mike Williams ways. 
Yeah, I mean, where he's a little bit less inconsistent. I mean, right. I think he just started the season so well. Um, and just kind of fell off. And then this has been his best game since week five. So, I mean, he's yeah. – and he had had two 30-point games early in the season. So, um, I think we're probably seeing a little bit more of the inconsistency of Mike Williams now, of, yeah. of the true Mike Williams. But, anyways, the, the collective of the Chargers, man, just a – they they uh, put a stomp in, on Pittsburgh. Isn't that who they played? Yes. Yeah. So – um, I mean, it was just a showdown. They were going head to head. It was a crazy, crazy game too. It was nuts. Yes. That, that game was a lot of crazy things happened. So it was fun to watch. Yeah, um, for sure. But um, that's my one big takeaway from last week. Just Chargers looked good. Offense looked back like it was in sync. Yeah, and if you're a fantasy owner who has a stack of Herbert and Allen, or Herbert and Eckler, or Eckler and Allen, I mean, you're that you're feeling pretty good going into the, into the playoffs and the closing games of the season, you know, um, with those guys hopefully playing better. Well, yeah, and then the rest of their games, they have Denver, Cincinnati, the Giants, Casey, Houston, Denver, Las Vegas. So, yeah, a pretty decent schedule to finish with. Uh, Denver yeah. has a, a decent uh, defense. But uh, other than that, I think they're going to put up some points. Yeah. So, I don't know. If you got a charger, you might want to hang on to them at this point. Uh, it looks like they're coming back. But that's our quick takeaways for week 11. Anything else you want to add to any of those, John, overall? No, I was just looking up the – Mike Clay does the rest of the season kind of strength of schedule, and the chargers have the sixth easy, easiest schedule mm-hmm. overall. Um, so, yeah, they're – they're looking up. Those are good, good, good players to have. Green Bay has the fourth easiest, which is good news for you, Honeycutt. Yes. Um, yes. So, anyway, if you if you're if you have players I mean, on any of those teams, you know you're you're looking good for the playoffs. You got me curious now. I want to know the top three. Who, who are the top three? Philly is number one. And get this, okay? So they have the Giants at the Giants at the Jets, Washington Giants, Washington Dallas. <laughs> So, oh my gosh. That is just crazy. Um, which the Washington's looked a little bit better defensively, but they're st- I mean, still. Um, Tennessee is second. Uh, they have New England, Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Miami, and then Houston. <clears throat> and that's week 18, which I know for us, week 18 is for most fantasy leagues, I think week 18 is not re- relevant. Um, Minnesota is number three. San Francisco, Detroit, Pittsburgh, Chicago. Uh, the Rams, Green Bay, Chicago, and then Green Bay is fourth. Um, this is a good news for you, actually. Green Bay is fourth and Seattle is fifth. So good news for you. And oh, DK gosh. Metcalf for Russell Wilson owners. Ram, the Green Bay has the Rams, Chicago, um, Baltimore, Cleveland, Minnesota, Detroit. And Seattle has Washington, San Fran, Houston, Rams, Chicago, Detroit, and Arizona. So. Can you yeah, repeat? Philly. Can you repeat two real fast? Number two? Yeah. It was Philly. Tennessee. 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 And three? Philly's first. Tennessee's second. Minnesota's third. Green Bay's fourth. Seattle's fifth. Interesting. Interesting. Well, we'll see if that pans out as far as it goes with fantasy um, and points goes. But um, 
All right, we're going to run through our top fours. Not a ton of changes, um, but there is a – I think he – this is his first time as the number one quarterback, right? Our it number is, one yeah. this week. And that is Jalen Hurts of the Philadelphia Eagles. And it's crazy to hear that they have the easiest schedule coming. I mean, yeah. again, it just – the end of the game comes and he has over 20 points every every week. It doesn't matter if they're playing good or playing bad. And so – like we talked about with him, his floor is just so high. Um, and then when he does have a really good week, I mean, he can score a lot of points. I think he yeah. had – did he have three rushing touchdowns this week? Yeah, so I was just looking up his stats. He had 147 passing yards. And that's Which is on, not, on passing. not great. Yeah. No, that's horrible. He had 18 rushes for 69 yards and three touchdowns, 29.9 points. He still hasn't broken 30, so he still has – I mean, 29.9, like that's basically 30. But technically, he hasn't broken 30. He had a stretch of – a down stretch, which for a quarterback isn't – I mean, he had an 11.1, a 16.2, and an 18.5, which are his worst three games by far of the season. I mean, I would take an 18.5 almost any any week out of my quarterback. So, you know. Well, and what was his lowest week? 11.1 in week eight. Okay. Against Detroit, which is weird. So that's, that's got to be an ano- anomaly mm-hmm. deal. So, well, he's one. Tom Brady, the GOAT, is two. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes is four. I, those, I think that's going to be our top four. I don't really yeah. see it shifting much um, at all. Running backs, Jonathan Taylor is number one. And I mean, question mark is he the best running back should i mean where should he have been drafted should he have been drafted one i mean he's just killing it um two is austin eckler Derek henry king henry is still in the top four this is how many weeks is this now that he has still been in three or four three or four i do think it'll change this week Najee's only two points behind him and jandre swift is about 12 points behind him so yeah so this could be the last week, but, I mean, it's crazy to think he's been in the top four for yeah. so long. And then, like you said, to round out uh, the top four is Najee Harris. Um, the wide receivers, we have Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, Devo Samuel, Devontae Adams. Um, again, I mean, those are kind of falling into place, too. I think that could – those could wind up being who's, – who's five, six, and seven? You know? See. Yeah. Yeah. Um... So, oh, man, I just had it. One second. All scoring. Intern Steve, I guess he's off too this week. Yeah, we gave him the week off. We're real nice. So, yeah. five is Jefferson, um, and he is about eight points behind Adams. Jamar Chase is number six, and he is 20 points behind Adams. And then Godwin is number seven, and he is probably 27 points behind Adams. So five and six aren't too far away. Yeah. Um, so interesting. There's still some possibilities for some shifting around. Um, and then tight ends, we have Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, Mike Gusecki. Um, what's the what's the point difference between Kelsey and Andrews? It's it's like uh, thirty points. Yeah, I mean. So Kelsey's Kelsey. starting to run away with it. Yeah, which is it's normal. I mean, I think we talked about last week or the week before y'all talked. I mean, he hasn't been the same Travis Kelsey I think we're accustomed to seeing the last mm-hmm. few years. 
but he's starting to come back alive. So yeah. Well, well, looking at it's interesting looking at tight ends. This kind of scoring breakdown is, um, you know, Kelsey's at kind of by himself at 186 total. Mark Andrews is 155 total. <clears throat> Darren Waller. So like those two guys are maybe you could say the same tier. Really, it's probably Kelsey and then Andrews by themselves in a tier. And then you have Waller, Gasecki, and Hawkinson, who are in the 120-ish range. Ertz, Zach Ertz is a resurging crazy, you know, and he had a big game this week. Mm-hmm. Then you have, like, Kyle Pitts, Hunter Henry, Dalton Schultz are in the 110s, and then it drops to below 100 after that. So, Yeah, how far did uh, Kyle Pitts fall? What, where's seven. he at? He's seventh. Okay, so he was in the top four last week. Yeah, he was fourth last week. The Falcons just – it was awful. Yeah. They're we'll missing their, their, their glue guy, Cordero Patterson. You know? Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Well, that wraps up our top fours. You want to add anything to any of the positions? Nope. I mean, maybe this goes to what I'm going to talk about later, but maybe we should start putting defense on here, question mark? I don't know. <clears throat> should we look at the top four defenses? I don't know. We'll look into that. Um, top fours. Not a ton of change. I think it's going to – they're starting to take shape for sure. We'll keep an eye on it each week. Um, but top performers for week 11, um, we had – there was some big points scored this week. And um, we're going to talk through some different ones. We're going to talk some ones about that maybe a little off the beaten path, off the radar, and then we're going to talk about the ones that everyone wants to hear. So, John, you kick us off. You got yeah, so uh, two two guys for me. Elijah Moore uh, had eight receptions on eleven targets, one hundred and forty one yards, and a touchdown. And then he had one rush for fifteen yards. Um, he scored a total of thirty point six points. I just am pulling up his um, his uh, kind of game, you know, previous games here um, to see. In the last few weeks, he's done a lot better. <clears throat> so he had a horrible start to the season. I mean, through week. Through their week six bye, he had hadn't scored, barely was in the double digits total, and then he had um, ten point two, thirteen point one, twenty seven point four, thirteen point four, and thirty point six. And his target share has just gone through the roof. He's catching a lot more balls, which is awesome. So it looks like, I mean, this is the guy. You know, he he had some hype coming into into it uh, he, as a rookie, and he finally seems to be fulfilling that hope <clears throat> that we had. You know, of what what people thought he could be for New York. Um, so anyway, that that's fun. Um, and then another guy, Aaron Rodgers, um, had three hundred eighty five passing yards, four touchdowns, two rushes for twenty one yards, scored thirty four point one points. And this is really what you wanted Aaron Rodgers to to look like um, all season long. He's been underperforming I think from where he was drafted and what you what people expected this is really what you want to see from him week in and week out um in that you know 25 to 35 point range every week so we'll see if he can turn things around yes and for everyone and then I'll save my my last guy here for until you go um you can talk about your Mm -hmm. piece first okay for everyone that has Devontae Adams it's great to see Rodgers have those type of numbers because that means that he's probably performing a little bit better too, um, which he did this past week, which was great. Um, but for me, um, I'm going to go way off the beaten path. And we're going to talk about a defense. And so anybody that played them last week knows the Patriots D went off 
Um, it was four. They had four interceptions, four sacks, one TD, and twenty six points. I mean, you just don't. It's so great to have twenty six points coming from your defense when you're looking for your big playmakers to make those kind of points. So, just crazy uh, for the Patriots D to pull that off. And I mean, they're number one in their league. It's just crazy um, that they're they're playing so well with a rookie quarterback, not a ton of playmakers, big name people. Um, so really helps, really helps when the defense brings in 26 points. Don't you think, John? For sure. For sure. They killed it. I think you told me in your, in one of your leagues, you played him, right? Yeah. And my other, the other league that I'm in, I had the guy I was playing. So this was the Thursday night game and he had the Patriots D and he had, um, the uh, Patriots kicker, Nick Falk. And so he had a ton of points from the get-go. It was just really depressing to like, you know, I don't even have a chance after Thursday and it's only Thursday. So I had to watch that play out. Yeah, it just stinks when it's an uphill battle and you're like scraping and clawing to try to get back in it, but there's just no way. Um, And then the other guy we have is... The other guy we have is Kirk Cousins. He had 341 yards, three TDs, 25.6 points. And I, we t- I talked about him last time and, and someone that's kind of flying under the radar in our flying under yeah. the radar segment. And, I mean, it was just a duel uh, for the Vikings. Yeah. And, I mean, he just looks good. I mean, he was throwing deep bombs to Thielen. Actually kind of – it, it kind of looks like they're starting to to fill out how to use Thielen and Jefferson because really all the deep bombs and the cro- big crossing routes go to uh, Jefferson, and then Thielen's kind of the underneath guy running like smaller crossing routes, hooks, all um, slants, and so he Thielen's going to get probably a few more catches, but Jefferson's going to have all the yards and maybe some TDs. So Cousins just looks sharp and. Uh, we'll see if it continues for him. Uh, where does he fall as far as it, quarterbacks go? Is he, he's he's, he's got to be in the top in, 10. Yeah, he's got to be in the top 10. Um, let me pull it up. Quarterback scoring. He's eighth. Yeah, and so just kind of hanging in there and always – he's been always a guy that's just kind of fly, flies under the radar. But yeah, that's true. Had a, had a great week. <clears throat> And my last one, this could be some controversy here, but I'm going to throw <laughs> this guy out here. Especially because Will's on by this week. So he can't, exactly. He can't go so off on that's that. That's why I'm going to talk about him because although I have been done wrong by this player in a few years that I've drafted him, and he's on probably my no draft list. He is this, for me too. He seems like this year he's putting together a little bit more of a collective consistent season, and that is Joe Mixon, 25.3 points, 123 yards. He had 30 carries, and he had two touchdowns. I still think he's probably a little touchdown dependent, but he gets the touches. He is the dominant back in Cincy, and I think he's had three straight weeks with over 25 points, and he's had th- he's had four out of five weeks over 25 points. 
And yeah. I mean, you just you that's a number one running back if I've heard of one. Um, bringing in 25 points each week. Um, so you hope that he doesn't fall off and kind of go back to his old ways of being inconsistent and then or get injured because injuries also, I mean, he'll show up last minute and he won't play for a week. And that just really hurts when he's your number one running back. Yeah. But if he can stay consistent uh, for the managers that have Joe Mixon, I mean, he has turned into be probably worth what you drafted him as if you yeah. took him a little early. Um, or if he well, fell down, if he fell down running, in draft, right? Because no one wanted him. I mean, yeah, yeah. That was a great pick. He's running back six right now, so you know that's um, pretty crazy. And he did that twenty five point three points with no receptions. I mean, he didn't have anything in the receiving game, which is kind of abnormal. I mean, I'm looking his uh, his previously over 20 like in the last five weeks he said he's had four or five to over 25 point games so all those besides this week he had five receptions four receptions five receptions on five targets five targets six targets so um he's usually more involved in the passing game yeah i mean i had i had joe burrows and and their they just their passing game didn't look great so yeah either something on the play script or play calling something but like you said, yeah. norm, normally he, he is bringing in four to five receptions a week too. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think he's just – he if he continues at the pace he's going or just some somewhat, he is going to be worth what people draft him as. Yeah, for sure. Which is more than what he's doing that. <clears throat> so. Yeah. Um, and then we already talked about Eckler uh, earlier and the Chargers are back in my um, takeaways – and so I think you have we, one more. Yeah, we, we got to mention about. this guy because although he's been a great running back all season, you know, maybe he's consistently a top performer week to week. You, We've got to recognize him because he put up 54.4 points this week. Jonathan Taylor for the Colts, he had 185 yards, four rushing touchdowns, three receptions on three par- targets for 19 yards and a touchdown. He had five total touchdowns. Just a complete dominating performance by Jonathan Taylor. Vaulted him up to RB1. Actually, maybe he was already RB1, but just separating himself even more. I mean, insane. That is crazy. Whenever um, I was watching the games and, you know, kind of I was doing some things around the house and and my wife looked at was just looking at different matchups and saw, oh, my gosh, she asked me, what's what's a crazy amount for a running back to score? And I was like, I mean, you're you're really happy with anything over 30. Anything over 40 is like, wow. Mm-hmm. And she said, Jonathan Taylor has 54.4 points. And I was like, that is insane. I mean, just crazy. So is that the most by that guy? Did he? It's is gotta he be, the... it's, it's got to be the most this week or this year. I don't know about overall, but it's got to be up there. Yeah, we may have to tweet something out or something, letting yeah. everybody know that, that was the most. Because yeah, so one one question on him though, I mean, you know, if let's say you're a Jonathan Taylor owner, who who do you and, and people are making you offers to trade for him, who would have to be involved in a trade back in the package back to you to to consider trading away Jonathan Taylor? Man, that's a great question. I we we talked about this earlier in the pod. I I am kind of with y'all. There's not necessarily anyone that's un- completely untouchable, but he is pretty darn close at this point yeah. right now. Um, and there's probably just a handful of guys that I feel like you would have to get this 
certain most times it's not like hey you can build a package around any sort of combination of players but for this guy i think there's just particular players that you have to get back um i think one of them is if uh cmc is completely healthy i think he's in the same category and i feel like i would have to get someone of that caliber back yeah or maybe like an aaron jones if he was healthy with how he gets so many receptions because what we're seeing, Jonathan Taylor, not only is he ground and pound, but he's also catching more targets now, uh, which was something he hadn't done in the past. And he's getting TDs that way too. And so that's just making his performance yeah, um, go up so much more. So I'm trying to think of any other guys. I mean, like, <laughs> would you entertain an offer like, uh, I mean, like, like, let's just say like they're saying, can you, will you give me Jonathan Taylor for Cooper Cup and – James Connor. Yeah, I think I'd do that. Cooper Cup and Cordero Patterson. Am I I'm getting Jonathan Taylor? Is that what you're no, saying? No, no, no. Like you're giving Jonathan Taylor for these guys back. Oh, scratch that. No way. If I'm getting Jonathan Taylor, yes. Well, like, yeah. I know I'm saying like if you you know you you're the Jonathan Taylor owner. Okay. Being made an offer, Cooper Cup and James Conner for Jonathan Taylor. No. Mm-mm. Cooper Cup and – I mean, who would have to be the running back that you get back? Aaron Jones. I mean, it's got to be – the the difference is Jonathan Taylor so far ahead of everybody else that yeah. all, all the top backs, I would have to get one of those back, I I think, in my mind. But so is, so is Cooper Cup. That's why I'm throwing him in. You know, like you're getting a guy back in Cooper Cup who's who's – 30 points ahead of the next wide receiver. Well, you know I mean, I mean? It, it all depends on roster uh, sure, make, sure. makeup. Yeah. So if it's, if I don't have another RB anywhere in the top 10 or top 15, I got to get a solid running back back. Yeah. And so then that's got to be one of these top guys I'm talking about because Jonathan Taylor's outperforming them so much that they're like up for grabs. I feel yeah. like. Yeah. So that's the that's the hard part when you're you're talking about the number one player in fantasy right now. Um, I, I don't know if he's got the most points, but the running back position is so important, and him being the number one running back and so far ahead of all the rest of them. Right. That's where I I think in whatever trade I do, if I don't have a solid running back, I gotta get a top tier running back back. Yeah. So then I'm saying yeah. I need I need a top tier receiver and a top tier running back. For Jonathan for Taylor. The, right. So, like, right. That, that, and that's kind of the point I'm trying to get at. I just am trying to gauge yeah. you know, who you see as a top tier running back. I mean, what do you do? Cooper Cup and Zeke? No. I might do. So, like, really, you're talking like it needs to be like Eckler, Harris, CMC, DeAndre Swift, maybe. Yeah. I mean, and it's going to need to be a guy that like CMC who has the potential and he's not quite right. there yet. And so I think that's a guy you could get back and then he could pretty much. Dalvin perform. Cook. Yeah, Dalvin Cook, I would probably put in there. Um, yeah. Joe Joe Mixon is probably a little bit of a risk, but he's playing really well and based off yeah. the schedule. If if it was paired with a Cooper Cup or a really high receiver, I would probably do that deal. Yeah, um, like a maybe even like a Tyreek Hill and a Najee Harris or yeah, Tyreek yeah, yeah. Hill and a and a Camara maybe. I know he's yeah. been hurt, but yeah. Which and it's just crazy because even for for the other owner in that deal. They're giving up two. You're just spreading yourself really thin. Even though yeah. Jonathan Taylor's playing great, 
points wise, are you really yeah. coming out on top? Right. And that's the tough part when you're just getting one player back. Yeah, um, I think it just depends on, you know, maybe maybe the team trading for Taylor, you know, maybe they're maybe you're sitting really pretty in the first or second spot in playoffs, but you're like, I, I would I would wanna have a like you have a pretty deep team already. Mm-hmm. And so you can give up a guy, you know, you maybe you have three solid running backs and you can give up one or two of them to get to Taylor back. You know, I mean, just, it depends, obviously, like you said, on roster construction, just interesting that it's, um, I wanted to bring that up because as, I mean, usually when guys are going off, like he is, it's like, no, I'm not going to trade him, but I think there's offers out there that could be, could be made that, you know, give some value to, to get trading away Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. I mean, on both sides, it could be, it's a make or break. Um, if you're the owner that has Jonathan Taylor and you're trading away, you better get something good back. <laughs> I yeah. mean, are you going to look like an idiot? Um, I mean, the other question I was going to pose with him is he was drafted 12th. Um, I don't know. He was RB uh, maybe four or five in our league. I think he was RB 10. Okay. I mean, yeah. so I would say that whoever drafted him and believed in him, they are getting well worth their money. I mean, yeah, they're getting their money's worth and more. And I mean, the guy that has him in our league, I mean, he's helping him have an incredible season. Yeah. Currently. Now he has some other players on his team, but Jonathan Taylor is really helping him. I think be the number one team in our league currently. Um, yeah. So do you feel like, he was drafted in the right spot or if we could do it again, if we drafted today, I mean, oh, I no. if you're drafting I today, he has to be in consideration. I mean, maybe you still take a Derek. Henry. I mean, obviously today you wouldn't take Derek Henry cause he's hurt, but barring injuries aside, I think you still take a Derek Henry or maybe a CMC, but Taylor is, I mean like before where Taylor wasn't even in the conversation for, I mean, you know, he's maybe late first round, early second round guy, you know, he's for sure in that top three conversation. I mean, you know, I think just based on the tear that Derrick Henry was on, if you think he comes back at that level, then, then definitely it needs to be there. Um, you know what I mean? Like it just is, yeah. I definitely think he's in that conversation and I would have no problems, no qualms taking him first overall. Yeah. I mean, and then now as we kind of look forward, if this if he stays pretty consistent, I mean, where does he fall on draft boards next year? Yeah. I mean, he's got to be in, like, the top three running backs. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, especially CMC, just injuries, I, I don't know. I, I would be t- more tentative this next year to draft CMC number one. I would too, yeah. I would too. Um, than ever before. And so Jonathan Taylor could be in that conversation if he continues yeah. to stare. Um, but that those are our top performers for week 11. Any other fantasy, just fantasy football info we want to give the folks before we hop into our league? Uh, I don't think so. I think that's all I got. We can jump into FL, FFFL stuff. Sweet. Well, we're going to try to do our best. And I think we can handle it. But we're going we're to talk about power rankings um, this week while Will is out. And, John, I would love for you to do the honors to walk through Great. our power rankings. So this is week 11 power rankings uh, going into week 12. We have a and and, new... to, be spe- and to be specific, um, this is the Will 
uh, this is his, still his system. So this may yes. not be what we agree with, but it is our right. power. This is still the Willis school, uh, the Willis school system proprietary to Will uh, Myers. He, this is his power ranking still. He's, he texted them to us. Um, so agree or disagree. This is where, where they're at. Um, every week we've made a joke that we have a new leader at the top. And this week, it is no joke. We have a new number one power rankings with Hold My Cooks. He is ranked nice. number one. He dethroned Chubby Girlies. And, man, just crazy. So, Hold My Cooks is number one. Chubby Girlies, number all, two. All on the backs of Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> yes, I know. Crazy. Just nuts. Chubby Girlies is number two. Gangstas uh, stays pat at number three. So Gangsta's Paradise is number three. And uh, the Big Easy moved up a spot to number four, uh, which is crazy considering he lost Derrick Henry. Um, and so that's pretty cool that he's, able to, he's been able to stay up at number four. Run DMC, the lesser named team, is at number five. Our guy No Keepers League uh, is at number six, moved up a spot. The uh, Willennium Falcons come in at number seven. Matty Ice and the boys come in at number eight, moving up two spots. They are the big mover this week, up two spots. Run CMC, the better-named team, is at number nine. Move down a spot, which I disagree with, but we will move on. Uh, Birdman <laughs> is at number 10. Daddy Kyle is at number 11. And, man, poor, poor, poor Funky Town fellas coming up. At number twelve, and I think the bad luck just continues for that team. It is seriously. Um, I mean, he he should have beat me this week, but it came down to the last player, and the player played well, and so just crazy. Yeah. Um, let's see. How do we want to dissect these? Well, I want to say that the top three, specifically, are the same top three. If you go to if you're in our league and you're in the ESPN app, the final standings projections, this is the top three in this final standings projections. So you have Hold My Cooks first, you have Chubby Gurley's second, and you have Gangsta's third. Now fourth is Run CMC, which I think that's a little bit maybe high, but I definitely don't think CMC should be ninth in my opinion. Um, but that's just my opinion. I get it, you know. Well, we'll I think it we'll... comes in – I don't know. I don't know his whole system. And so I don't know if he puts in roster construction, but I, I would say your roster, you've continued to make moves and you've built a pretty solid roster, especially if Cooper comes back. Right. And right. That's, that's, I think the, my, my point is I, I get, you know, I had McCaffrey out for a long time, totally get that that should knock me down in the rankings. He's back and is performing at least what we expect. Najee Harris is really consistent. You know, and I, I had a weakness at quarterback. I made a move for a better quarterback. Now, Dak had a horrible week this week, but I think anyone would agree that's going to be an anomaly for the most part for the Cowboys and for Dak. Once Cooper comes back from COVID, I know, I mean, he's really, he can be boomer bust for sure. I'm not saying he's the most consistent player by any means, but I've made some moves to fill these holes that I've had. I had weakness in my RB2. I got Najee Harris. I had weakness in my quarterback. I got Dak Prescott. I don't have the strongest wide receivers, but you can't be strong in literally every single category. I mean, for unless you're just lucky at times, you know, not sure. I mean, there's teams that can be, I'm sure I'm not saying you can't be, but it's harder to be that way. It's tough to, it's you got to give up stuff to get stuff. And so, right. Right. Yeah. 
I have a good, you know, two decent tight ends and Fryermuth who's had a resurgent or a surge lately and Noah Fant who's been, you know, pretty good. I mean, not, to, you know, they're top 10 tight ends. Um, anyway, so all that being said, it's like, I definitely think I should be higher. So, but that, that is what it is. Yeah. I mean, I think the top, probably the top four are pretty spot on. Um, I might move DMC above Big Easy just because of win record. And I think his team is performing well. I don't know if it'll hold up. Um, And then, I mean, really the shakeout, the, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So six through nine are really, those are the people that are going to be fighting for playoff spots. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, that's going to hold true. I think it's going to be between, uh, no keepers, Falcons, Matty Ice and the boys, and run CMC for that last playoff spot. Um, or, yeah, I mean the last the last three spots right now are is that it's you know it's, I'm I'm at six, uh, you know the sixth seed, um, no keepers is at the seventh seed, and the Falcons are at the eighth seed, and then you you're the ninth seed, Matty Ice and the boys is the ninth seed. So yeah, and so I, I mean these are. I think those can maybe shift around. I think the bottom three are pretty solidified too. I hate to say that, but um, yeah. as far as performing goes, Daddy Kyle's record may be on par with the people in the midsection, but points. He needs four, to keep winning to have a chance. If he's tied with anybody, he's going to lose the tiebreaker. Yeah. Points, yeah. So. And so he's either got to score a lot more points towards the end of this season. Yeah. Uh, and really – gain some ground or he's got to keep winning every week. Yeah. So there's still how many more weeks before playoffs? We start playoffs, I think week 14. So we have um, two, two weeks left. Yeah. 12 and 13. I think the last two weeks of the regular season. Let me see here. Wow. Oh no, sorry. Week 14 is our, so we have three weeks. We have 12, 13 and 14 week. Okay. 15 starts our playoffs. That's weird. Oh, no, that's right, because week 17 is going to be the last week. So, yeah, 14 is the last week of the regular season. So we have three. I mean, here's my schedule, and this is great for me on one hand and not great, but I play no keepers this week. I play Daddy Kyle, and I play the Falcons. And so I have have control of my destiny. I just have to win. And so I have the right matchups. If I just win – I will make the playoffs. Yeah. I play I play Daddy Kyle, then the Falcons, then DMC. Yeah. It'll be interesting if that week 14 matchup for you and, and the Falcons, if that comes down to the playoff spot, that'll be really intense. Yes, it will. It will. Um, I'm trying to see who has the, an easiest, the easiest running at the end of the end of the week. Okay. Gangsters, which he's a lock anyway, is at Chubby is playing Chubby Girlies, then Birdman, then Funky Town, but he's already a lock. Um, yeah. Daddy Kyle has some tough games. Who does he play? Uh, Daddy Kyle plays me, then you, then No Keepers. I mean, he he kind of has control of his destiny too. If he yeah. wins. Yeah. Um, when does the uh, the trade? Deadline close December third at like two a.m. and that is in week thirteen. Is that right? I think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It'll be next week. 
Yeah. So managers, if you need to make some last minute trades to help you make the playoffs, now's the time to do it. Um, any other thoughts or comments on the power rankings before we get to uh, buys and then. Yeah, I don't think so. I've, I, I, uh, I've stopped calculating my own power rankings. So it'll be, it'd be interesting to see if, you know, mine is more formula driven and be interesting to see how they line up at this point. I might have to do that next week and just see where, where they fall. So what about um, any cool stuff from the other data that you had, whatever that oh, thing was? Yeah, let me see. I didn't I didn't really pull anything together this week, um, but I can look at some playoff percentages here. I'm interested to see, based off the wins, if any people's percentage really shifted around. Wow. So we have, according to this, again, this you know, this does basically 10,000 simulations based on your average score and standard deviation. We have five teams that are 100% chance to make the playoffs. Um, that's Hold My Cooks, Chubby Girlies, DMC, Gangsters, and Big Easy, which is which about right. Are our top five, yep. Yeah. Um, CMC is 80% chance. No Keepers is 79% chance. Falcons is 65% chance. Natty Ice is 45% chance. Mm. Daddy Kyle is 19% chance. Birdman is 8% chance. And Funky Time Fellas is 1.35% chance. <laughs> Bummer. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. I think if you want to, I don't know when you want to talk about, we did have a trade this week. Um, if you want to talk about that at some point. Um, yeah. Let's uh, we'll talk about our bye weeks and then we can uh, talk about the trade before we hop into matchup previews. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. I mean, man, I, I was hoping that mine jumped a little bit more after a win and I know I didn't score a ton of points, but um uh, I just, again, think the Falcons, it's going to be tough for me to – that he has compiled a really good roster with some of these yeah. moves, and he's got a good top-to-bottom roster um, if everyone stays healthy. So I think it's really between me and no keepers. I think your team, CMC, I think you have a better chance too after some of your moves. Um, so I, this week is just a big week for me against no keepers. Um, anyways – Next up, we have the major buys. So this week, uh, we have the Cardinals and the Chiefs. Um, so for the Cardinals, that's Kyler. He hasn't been playing recently, and Hopkins hasn't either. But I'm sure that after this buy, they'll be back. And then that's James Conner, Zach Ertz, kind of resurgence from him, Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore. And then for the Chiefs, of course, that's Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, uh, CEH, which came back. And look good. I know we talked about that a few weeks back, and it really looked like the backfield belonged to him. Um, I watched a lot of that game, and Williams was in. I think he only ended up with like three points. Um, so I, they gave the majority of the carries to CEH, which is interesting yeah. based off how yeah. Williams was performing. I know you were on like the Williams train of, I don't know if CEH should play at all. What yeah, are your thoughts I now? Yeah, I mean, CH looked really good, and I, it's hard to argue with that. And obviously, you know, Andy Reid is a, a way smarter um, person than I am, and but way better <laughs> at football than I am. So, obviously, I need to trust that he's he knows what's best for his team and, and who the better player is. It just was hard because CH, I feel like, I and I, I might be down a little bit on on CH. He's in my maybe don't draft list. Um, not he's not like Joe Mixon, who's on my don't do not draft list, but. Mostly just because I got burned by him last year. He, you know, he had a lot of hype coming in 
as a rookie. He's a, he was a great in college and came into a great offensive system. Andy Reid is known for using running backs really well. And he just didn't pan out that great, you know? Um, and so anyway, obviously CEH is the better, better back, maybe more talented. And in general, Daryl Williams has been a backup. I know we'll mention that basically his whole career, including college. I just thought Daryl Williams did really well in, in CEH's absence. So anyway, it'll be interesting to see how it moves forward, but I think it's, I think it's CEH's job to lose. So. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on it for sure. Um, so those are our major buys for this week. Um, we'll talk maybe during the preview section and predictions, if that's going to hurt anybody particular, any teams in our league um, who maybe have a stack of those players or something. But um, before we get to the previews, though, we are going to talk about the trade that we had go down last week between the Funky Town Fellas and Run CMC. I feel like you've pulled off the most trades. Is that true? <laughs> I, I feel think like I've done. Yeah, I've done several trades. Um, this Will's was the first week I didn't grab anybody off of waivers. So in a long time, actually, that I didn't make any waiver claims. But I've made a lot of trades, yeah. Um, and then I don't know if we have this pulled up. I know Will always looks at this. But who's made the most moves, roster moves? Oh, uh, let me see. I feel like you got to be close to the top now. Uh, Bryce or run DMC Bryce Berry still has me by 19 moves. <laughs> so wow. Bryce has 60 moves. Bryce has made 60 moves. Uh, I've made 41 moves. I think a lot of that is, is a lot of that streaming for him. Like he's yeah. trying to pick up one particular player. Yes, and that's a lot. Most of that is me too. I mean, I, I've, I, I pick up and drop players all the time. I mean, I think I picked up and dropped Cam Newton three or four times, you know, just, I'm just like, filling in where I can't, you know. Did anybody can, so. did anybody end up with Cam? Yes, Funky Town. Funky Town fellas got him. That's a good move there. So anyways, back to the deal. Um I'll run through it real fast. So Funky Town fellas traded Dak, Adam Thielen, Van Jefferson to run CMC for Derek Carr, Javante Williams, and Michael Pittman Jr. Um it's gonna be hard to do a lot of analysis because I know this is your team. And so I don't want to put you in a weird spot, but from my eyes, um, I think both teams got what they needed in some sense. Um, I think Michael Pittman Jr. is the big win for Funky Town Fellas. Um, he's played really well. He was kind of that under-the-radar player uh, that I talked about last week, and he's still still performing well, and he's the biggest catcher, uh, pass catcher for the Colts, and they're playing really good. And then on the other side, I think the win for – run CMC is he locked in a really great quarterback. I'm, I'm, I'm really high on Dak Prescott. He was my guy. I was trying to draft and I missed him. Um, and then Adam Thielen has starting to come on. Um, I wish I had a stats pulled up for Thielen. Let me see if I can get it. Um, because he, like we talked about earlier, he, he kind of go they him and Jefferson kind of do this back and forth thing where one will have a good week, the other. But I, like I said earlier in this podcast, I feel like they're starting to figure out how to to you work know. those two guys in together, yeah. and that's going to be. What dangerous. do you want him to know stats wise for him? I mean, just his last maybe four or five weeks. So last four weeks since their week seven by, he's had nineteen point eight, eight point six, eleven point five, and twenty two point two. 
Yeah, so, so he still- scored three three touchdowns in the last four weeks. He's had nine, seven, seven, and ten targets. Six, two, five, and eight re- uh, receptions. Hasn't broken a hundred yards, and he's only broken a hundred yards one time um, this season. So, I mean, he's you know I, I do think it's probably some of that back and forth um, kind of stuff. But um, I I think I lost a little bit of value going from Pittman to to Thielen. Um, Pittman <laughs> dropped in the rankings, but they had their buy. Um, this week and so or no no not no. by sorry he just played bad this week um mm-hmm. but i think that i mean it was a tough matchup for him as far as wide receiver cornerbacks matchup um i think i gained a lot in dak um and then van jefferson probably will never make my starting lineup but he it'll be interesting to see how he pans out you know maybe being the number two guy in, in la um which is why i liked i like his upside if he turns out i mean being the number two guy in LA could have a lot of upside. So um, for funky town getting Derek Carr and like we said, he just picked up Cam Newton. So he's not sitting too bad with quarterbacks. Javante Williams, um, you know, it took some convincing of, of him for Javante Williams, but he was before this week, this is who I was talking about with the buy. He had his buy this week. So he dropped in the rankings a little bit, but up to this week, he was ranked number 24 at running back. Um, not being the sole guy in the backfield, you know, I mean, he, he definitely has value, um, I think. And, um, and then Pittman, obviously, like you said, is a big win for, for funky town there at the wide receiver. So um, overall, you know, I think, I think this trade was pretty, pretty fair on both sides. Like you said, I think both teams got what they needed. I really needed help at quarterback funky town. You know, he, he was kind of like my season's over, but I don't want to give up. I'm not trying to do anything. And I wasn't trying to, I was not trying to do anything shady either. You know, I'm wanting to make it, make it a fair value. And really my goal here, I told him, I was like, I just, I mostly just want Dak. So can we do anything just for Dak? You know, and we kind of went, I mean, literally it took us all day Saturday to come up with this trade basically. Um, and, you know, I started off the, at very first trying to get Dak and Thielen. Then it went to just Dak um, back and forth, back and forth. And then finally we came up with this package that he liked for Dak. And, and I got feeling in it too, which I was pleased about. So my main target was Dak. I just wanted to get him because he's a great quarterback for fantasy. And I like watching the Cowboys and, you know, fantasy football. It is fun to win, obviously, but it's also fun to watch your guys. And so I wanted to get, mm-hmm. you know, be able to watch him play um, every, you know, for the rest of the season. So, well, and major props to Funky Town Fellows owner. Uh, Matt Lance for hanging in there. I know he's last in the standings, still pulling hey, off he strings. He, he strings together three wins here. I know that's yeah. unlikely, but he strings together three wins. He he could be vying for that playoff spot. I mean, he has you know he has pretty good points for and points against. So um, it's it's just so easy when you're not winning to just check out and, and yeah. not want to contribute to the league. But hey, appreciate him hanging in there. Yeah, it's good. Still doing deals and stuff. Um, yeah, so Javante Williams is kind of the the question mark in that deal. If he comes alive and he starts taking more carries for Melvin Gordon, that could be a huge pickup down the stretch for Funky Town. Yeah. Um, but you just don't know yet. Still a question mark. It is hard to this late in the season knowing, like, is it going to be too little too late kind of thing, you know, but yep. um, yeah, for sure. Well, that was our trade um, for last week. And I, I would expect a few more coming as we get closer to the trade deadline um, and seeing if we can make any teams better. But heading into next week, going to forecast and predict um, and do some matchup previews. So 
John, would you like to walk us through? Yeah, sure. And I'm just kind of winging these as we go. So, um, cause I didn't do a lot of prep time for this because of Thanksgiving, but I'm doing more prep time than Will did. So <laughs> that's true. Um, so first we'll start off with, uh, with my matchup just cause that's the first one on my app. Um, run CMC versus daddy Kyle and looking at this matchup, you know, I think, um, I'm going to go with CMC here. I mean, I, I really like my core group of with Prescott, McCaffrey, uh, Najee, and Thielen. Fryermuth has been decent as of late. Um, you know, he's he is a touchdown-dependent tight end, but anybody outside of Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller and Mark Andrews is a touchdown-dependent tight end. So, um, you know, I feel good about him. I could fill in Noah Fant there as well. Um, I'm, you know uh, – Hurting with Cooper uh, being out this week, I think at full force, I think my team is really becoming a pretty formidable force. Um, for Daddy Kyle, Rogers has been good, but he's struggling at running back. He has great wide receivers, though. Um, overall, I think, I think I'm going to take out the win on this one. Yeah, I mean, whew, this is a tough one. Um, I really, really like Daddy Kyle's receivers. Jefferson, Moore. McLaurin all had great weeks last week, and I think they're playing. They have good matchups, but his running backs are just terrible. Yeah, I, I think the only hope for him is if Mitchell has a really big week, and Jeff Wilson Jr. has starting to take more of the carries in the backfield. So, but I mean, Elijah Mitchell did have twenty-seven carries last week. Um, yeah. So, ah, this is tough. I. I'm going to go with Daddy Kyle for the upset. Wow. Okay. I'm going to do it. And I think it's going to be because um, George Kittle is going to outperform any of your tight ends. Okay. And that's going to put him ahead, and it's going to cover some of the spread from the running backs. Okay. Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers is going to have a big week because he's playing uh, against the Rams. So it's going to be a – so, yeah, Daddy Cow over Run CMC. Great. Uh, Next we have uh, Willoneum Falcons over Run DMC. Um, And I think even though the Falcons lost last week, they had a bad week, uh, I think they're going to pull up the win here. I just don't – I just don't love CMC – or DMC's team. Um, You know, again, Mixon has been great like we've talked about, but I just don't trust him. He's struggling here in the flex. Kamara's still hurt. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe he puts in Cedric Wilson as a, as a, you know, flyer at the flex there over JD McKissick, but Brandon Cooks hasn't been good overall. I just don't know if, if DMC's team has what it takes. Um, Falcons have Kirk Cousins starting, uh, Saquon Barkley, uh, AJ Dillon, um, who didn't look super great last week, but he's a great running back. Uh, his wide receivers are Still stout, even though he has some injury concerns. Um, overall, I think the Falcons are going to take this one. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, the Falcons are going to pull this one out. Um, if Kamara was back, I like Run DMC's team a lot better with Kamara in the lineup because um, that really helps his flex, um, kind of helps the whole roster, of, of course. But mm-hmm. because he's probably out again, I haven't heard an update really, but um, – from what it looks like, it doesn't look like he's going to play. I think the Falcons are going to pull this one out. Yeah. Okay. I agree. And um, our, here's here's yeah. a bold prediction. 
I think Gallup goes over 20 points this week. Okay, yeah. This is a big a big deal for Gallup because um uh you know he's it's in a contract year. He's now the number one receiver in Dallas. Um if C D stays out um with Cooper out already. Um so yeah, it's a big game for him to prove something. Yep. Um all right, next we have Matty Ice and the boys versus you no know, keepers league. Uh and you know, Matty Ice we've talked about just hasn't had a week really come together for with everything coming together. Last week, you could argue maybe was it, um, but he still had some some struggles. Uh, I think this might be the week. I think Russ and DK get back on track. I think Devontae has a big game. You know, uh, Robinson and Gaskin fill in very nicely. Um, you know, I, I was looking at your team, and maybe your your one downside here is, is tight end um, with Higby. I think you're pretty, you know, could be shaky there. But besides that, I mean, I think your team has a great team, and I, I just don't know if um, – if Omar's team is going to have what it takes here. Uh, he's playing Kenyon Drake in his RB2, which is rough. Um, Hawkinson is, is, you know, hit or miss. Um, so we'll see, but I, I think Matty Ice is going to take this one, and I'm going to say this game is going to be decided by five points or less. Yeah, this is a huge, huge, huge matchup. Um, both these teams are in playoff contention and are, I think, tied right now currently, and so – a win for either one of these teams really elevates them in the playoff hunt. And so uh, the team, this as the owner of Matty Ice and the boys, the No Keepers League roster really does scare me with Eckler and Brady and Diggs and Godwin and, and Hawkinson and Brandon Ayuk because he's come alive. Um, yeah, he has. But like you said, I've, I feel like my team is just – I have a week coming where everything's going to come together – and everyone's going to perform the way they're supposed to perform. And so I believe that that is this week. I, I want to believe that. So I'm going to go with Matty Ice and the boys. I think Russ and DK have better weeks, and that really elevates my team. I love my matchups for my RBs with Robinson playing Atlanta and Gaskins playing Carolina. So I'm going to go with Matty Ice and the boys. Awesome. And you chose for the Falcons over DMC, right, on the last one? Correct. Okay, just making sure. All right, next we have Hold My Cooks over the Big Easy or versus the Big Easy. And Cooks has Tyreek Hill out. Um, and just looking at his bench, he could fill in Mike Williams, which, again, we talked about is really hit or miss. Um, I think Kareem Hunt got activated too. Yeah, he could play Kareem Hunt, which would be huge um, for him. I, I still think the Big Easy, though, I mean, he has – his team has been really doing well except – Jarvis Landry, I don't know why he's still playing Jarvis Landry. Um, actually, you know what? Now looking at this, I'm going to change my pick. I was going to go with Big Easy, but I'm going to go with Cooks here. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think Cooks has a better team. I think Jonathan Taylor, again, is going to carry this team. Mike Edmonds uh, – or Mike Evans. Um, well, interesting to see uh, how Sanders bounces back. Is he healthy? And then he's got to find a replacement for Tyreek Hill. But other than that, I like Cooks over easy. Yeah. For Cooks to continue to uh, carry his number one uh, ranking through next week. Very nice. All right, next we have Gangsta's Paradise versus Chubby Gurley's. Um, Chubby has Patrick Mahomes out and currently does not have another quarterback on the roster. So my guess is he'll – Finally, drop Chuba Hubbard or 
maybe Naheem Hines or Sony Michelle. I don't know. Somebody he'll drop maybe Michael Hardman uh, to pick up a quarterback um, available quarterbacks out there. Let me just look real quick. Who's available. I also have three on my team. If you'd like one, I'll trade there you. you. Go. Tyron Taylor or Tyron Taylor, Jimmy, Jimmy G Carson Wentz. It's, it's look, it's slim pickings out there right now for quarterback. So that's a pretty big hole to fill. Gangsters has a really good team. Um, and, you know, he he's, has the number one quarterback. He has two solid running backs. He's hurting on wide receivers, though. Um, yeah, so, I mean, looking at this – yeah, sorry, you're picking. I'm, like, looking over it right now. He has a lot of guys on by, too. I still think – I mean, he – I still think – and I would probably play – I don't know. He has a lot of good – I mean – yeah, he's loaded on running backs, Has is hurting for wide receivers. He may want to make a move. I'm still going to go gangsters, though. Yeah, I mean, it's tough when you have Odell Beckham Jr. and Tony as your one and two receivers. Yeah, that's week. rough. I know he has really strong RBs, and he has Jalen Hurts, who's probably a 20-pointer 20, 20 every week. Man, this is another tough one. I really like the receivers. I'm, I'm going to go with Chubby. Uh, I think he just has less holes to fill. He he could just go find any quarterback. If that quarterback plays well, His the rest of his roster looks great. So, going with Chubby. Awesome. I'm going to say – I'm going to stick with uh, Gangsters here, and I'm going to say that Swift, Leonard Burnett, and Montgomery have um, combined for um, – I'm going to say 75 plus. Okay. I think they're going to have big weeks. That's 25 a piece. Yeah. Um, okay. Right. Last but not least, probably the toilet bowl of the week. <laughs> um, we of have the Birdman, Birdman versus Funky Town Fellas. Um, both teams are struggling. Uh, Birdman has a couple guys on by his, his flex and kicker. He has some, some, Buddy, he could fill in there for flex. Doesn't have another kicker yet, but I'm sure he'll get one. Funky Town, you know, mate has made some moves. He has Cam Newton, who has a high floor um, on his bench. I might start him over Derek Carr because he has a good matchup against Miami this week. And we talked about Michael Pittman. He has Patterson, who hopefully comes back. Um, I, I'm going to go with Funky Town. I'm a believer. I think Funky Town starts his streak here with a win. Yeah, I'm going to go the opposite direction. Um, I just, for some reason this season, Funky Town Fellows has just had some really bad luck. And I think the luck is going to, uh, the bad luck is going to continue. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Birdman. Birdman's hopefully going to slide somebody in uh, for his flex for Williams. He has some go, good options. Yeah, and go find a kicker. And I think Elliot, I'm, I'm hoping Elliot comes back strong, and I think Cooks is going to play well. And really, these two Alabama receivers on his team have been playing really well. Yeah, Smith, Jalen Waddell um, is really – Tua has just been giving it to him a ton. He had eight catches last week, um, and he hasn't even gotten the end zone uh, since week six. And so I'm going to go with Birdman. That's, this is probably a bad pick by me to pick Funky Town, but I'm going to go with the opposite logic that – He's had a lot of bad luck, and and something's got to give. Law of averages here. Um, but Birdman has a good team, and if he slides in Stafford in there for, for Tannehill and gets a good flex, he's 
he probably has this one in the bag. But Funky Town Fellows, I'm sticking with you. Yeah, I mean, he's if Patterson comes back and plays like he has been, and Gibson continues, he's got an opportunity. He's got a chance for sure. Yeah. But I like Birdman's upside okay. a little bit better. Awesome. You want to hear some updates on records? Yes, I was going to ask you. To... So uh, Will is 32 and 28. Hopefully, he can get us his picks before Thursday. Um, Matthew is 30 and 30, so you're 500. Nice. And I am 33 and 27. Okay. And then last week, you only you were the only one with a bold prediction, and you said Kamara and Mixon would have would be over the other running backs by 35 plus points in the DMC big easy matchup. Um, but Camaro didn't play. So we didn't, we're not really counting that as a, you know, prediction. So. well, thank you. How, but I know Mixon had a good week. What did big easy's running backs look like? Uh, I don't know. Let me look. I'm trying to remember. Let's go week 11. Big easy. His running backs did pretty well. They had 35. So, Interesting. It would have taken quite the game from Camara to do that. Definitely. But he didn't play, so technically we don't know what would have happened. Exactly. CH definitely played better than I expected him. And then so did Freeman. I mean, goodness yeah. gracious. Freeman's a ghost of his old self. Yeah. So yeah. I just remember having him his last season in Atlanta when it or one of the seasons he had a really good season. And then he just fell off a cliff. Yeah. Well, that's our matchup previews for week 12, right? We're in week 12. Yeah. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Well, um, any last closing statements, John? No, I think that's it. We've talked some good fantasy football, and uh, we'll all try to get this episode posted um, later today. And, yeah, we should be good to go. Yeah, and, Will, we hope you enjoyed your bye week. And looking forward to you coming back on the pod next week um, for us to have all three of us back. And, um, you know, I'm not sure what Will's excuse is exactly if it's just Thanksgiving or if it's location. I mean, I'm, I'm calling in here from Arkansas, so I'm outside of my normal location. Thanks for contributing, Will. We appreciate your consistency and, and enjoy your bye week. I'm going to try really, now to make it without having a bye week the whole season so I can hold that over you. I was about to say, I, I think I started something with this <laughs> bye week talk, and he took he took heart to it. I'm, I'm going to take mine next week. <laughs> um, but, I mean, man, playoffs are right around the corner. We have some key, key uh, matchups this week that could determine playoffs. So good luck to all the fantasy owners out there as the playoffs approach, and um, hope you have a great week. And you want to real quick give a shout out to email, Twitter, Instagram one more time for some questions. Yeah, so uh, again, if you've listened this far, thank you so much for listening. Uh, give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram, FLFFFL underscore pod, our handles for that. Or shoot us an email uh, with a mailbag question, FLFFFL.pod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. You guys have a great week of fancy football. I am thankful for all of you. Happy Thanksgiving everybody happy thanksgiving mr matthew honeycutt commissioner of the fl fffl league you're the best you guys are all the best for listening that's all i got yes happy thanksgiving man it's just so awesome to watch watch football while you're eating that big thanksgiving meal just the best combination so enjoy it um enjoy watching the cowboys on thanksgiving day that's my favorite and keep it chilly my friends
Will doesn't even host fantasy football. <laughs>